Chapter 1. Lost in Texas. Austin, Texas, 2012. A couple dozen stars in the eye of a yellow moon pierce light through a sky filled with smoke. I look out the broken window to the ground below. Crumpled in the weeds is a lifeless body with red-flecked eyes, a bushy mustache, and a sweet smile. Vapor seeps into the room. I can barely breathe. Ben wraps his arms around me as I weep. Denise lies in a catatonic state perched on the bed. Why is she only wearing her bra and panties? Chris stumbles inside the room. His eyes glow like diamonds. He cranes his head out the window. We gotta do something, man. I'll call for an ambulance, I say. Ben gulps. That's not a good idea. We have to, I insist. For God's sakes. He's dead, Lila, Chris says. Tears sting my eyes. With a jolt, I awake whimpering. The nightmare has infested my dreams for years. It may be time to see a shrink. The anxiety subsides when my husband Eduardo arrives with a cappuccino and the morning paper. Are you okay? It sounded like you were crying. I clear my throat. No, no, I'm fine. Just a dream, I guess. I've never discussed these recurring nightmares with him. Eduardo's got his own problems. He was recently laid off in a corporate downsize and refuses to talk about it. There's lots of tension in our home right now. Maybe we should both see a shrink. From our king-size Tempur-Pedic bed, I sip the coffee and stare at a cloudless sky and the sapphire water of Lake Travis. The serenity of the moment is interrupted by the sound of NPR news blaring from my alarm clock. Time to go to work. I shower and dress for a manager's conference 40 miles away. An hour later, I enter a pavilion filled with mounted animal heads and good old boys and wonder how this counterculture Long Island girl ended up in Texas. Yes, it's Austin, home of tree huggers and music lovers, but I'm mystified by the path my life has taken. The Hobbs brothers, proud owners of the Burnett County Landfill and exotic park where LBJ Electric holds its annual manager retreat, Greet me with toothy Texas grins and matching Stetson hats. How y'all doing today, darling? Welcome to our home. I flash a smile, but it pains me to know these men are the proud hunters of the dead animals in the hall. It gives me pleasure imagining their heads mounted next to the trophies. As I head to the long pine table and retrieve my white sticky badge with the letters Lila Levin printed in magic marker, Darlene McIntyre, dressed business gorgeous in a navy suit and cleavage-leaking blouse, approaches me and waves. Darlene is an upper-level manager who advocates for women in the company and played a key role in my promotion from database analyst to IT solutions manager two years ago. Meet me in the little girl's room at Braycon? She whispers. There's something I want to share with you. During the morning, 200 LBJ managers and I feign interest in long-winded corporate presentations. One of the executives reminds us that diversity is one of our company's foundation values. Right. As one of only 12 women in the room, 
I try to look at the bright side. Short lines to the ladies' room. A bald guy grabs the microphone and informs everyone it's time for a break. Conversations revolve around Longhorns and Aggies and, of course, the beloved Cowboys. Go Tony Romo. With nothing of substance to add to these discussions, I dash to the ladies' room where I find Darlene at the mirror, applying a fresh coat of mascara. She smiles at me. Nice outfit. Thanks. My reflection reveals a contrast of wild curly hair with the Ralph Lauren suit and high-heeled boots I'd bought at Dillard's yesterday. Like most in IT, my preference is jeans and sneakers. Three coats later, Darlene pops the mascara back in her purse and turns to face me. Can you keep a secret? Of course.